0: Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, ESPN LA. Um, Friday, March second. Thank you. It is Friday, March second. We're into the marches. Smarch weather we've got outside today with a lot of rain. <laughs> <laughs> it's lousy. Um, a lot to cover, Andy. I have. A, I'm going to start today's show with a declaration. Okay. And here it is, and it's. I think it's a fairly bold one. The Lakers since. We'll make sure I get my my date right. I believe it's April would have been bolder if you had it. I'm scrolling. <laughs> April seventh, twenty thirteen. Okay. Was the last day the Lakers didn't suck. April seventeenth, I should say. The last day the that was the last day the Lakers didn't suck. That was the way they that was the last regular season game of the Dwight season. Okay. They won 99-98. They beat Houston. And then they would proceed to lose by double digits in all four playoff games
1: against San Antonio. Yeah, they were, they were they, horrific.
0: They, 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 they sucked in that Yeah, series. I mean, they,
1: they were missing a lot of dudes. No but, but they, they, they sucked. were terrible. They yes, sucked. They were.
0: And from that moment.
1: They have sucked.
0: They have sucked. Yes, they have. I declare today, March 2nd,
1: 2018, the Lakers no longer suck. Okay, now there is there is a point of distinction, though, Brian, that needs to be made. Are you saying that they no longer suck, or are you saying that they're actually a good team? I am saying they're not good yet, but they
0: don't suck, and they're closer to good on the suck-to-good scale. They are closer to good. I feel like I'm really close to getting fired. (laughs) Uh,
1: They are much closer to good. Then suck. Well, okay. We we've described them a lot as a bad good team, like a team that wasn't quite ready to be considered a good or yet. a good bad team. a good a good sorry a good a one. good bad team, kind of but, you same know, thing Sure, but a team it. that wasn't quite good enough to be considered good, but they were better than your garden variety bad team, yes, like considerably better. At this point, are we ready to call them perhaps a solid good team or a solid bad team? Something well, like a bad like good what, team. what's like, a, maybe they've what
0: gone from a Good, bad team to a bad. Like team. how I guess. Like I'll how we throw some numbers. How you.
1: would you grade them as a team?
0: So they they win Thursday in Miami and convincingly. Look, convincingly again, look, Miami. I understand they they've slumped bad coming. But they're trying season. to win games. They are trying to win games. Unlike the three teams they played coming out of the break, and that was the big criticism. Oh, great! You beat Dallas and Sacramento and, Sacramento and Atlanta. And Atlanta, Atlanta, like. Throwing balls into the eighth. Row well, I mean, playing like, Atlanta in Atlanta is these. It's the same thing as playing at Staples really Center. This whole ro- this whole road trip until Miami has been a bunch of of kind of quasi. Although
1: games. although Kuzma hit that three in Miami, and there was a big coup There were some Kuzes there. Uh, but the Lakers I mean, just travel well, right?
0: They do. Um, all right, so here's some numbers since the end of the losing streak, the nine game losing streak. This was uh, so that was January fifth. So Jan- since January sixth, the Lakers are sixteen and seven. It is the third-best record in the NBA over that stretch, 23 games. They are uh, 11th in defensive rating for the season, not just in that streak. Over that stretch, though, 8th-best offensive rating, 10th-best defensive rating, 8th-best net rating in the league, which is the difference between those two. Um, they're hitting threes. like Suddenly they can hit threes. They're up in the top ten there. Uh, they're rebounding well still, which is they've just, always they've been a good rebounding team. And their assists of they're a top five team in assists. And I, I think, and a lot of that
1: was you know the majority of that was without and Lonzo. Lonzo.
0: And so And so I I thank Darius Darius Soriano at Forum Blue and Gold for aggregating all of that information for me, so I didn't have to do it. Um, Julius Randall in February oh, in thirty two minutes, nineteen points, nine rebounds, four and a half assists, shot sixty percent. Ingram in February in thirty four minutes a game, eighteen and a half points over 5 rebounds, over 5 assists, over a block a game, shot 55% overall, 52% from 3. Lonzo had the first 4 by 6 game Thursday night in Miami, went 4 by 6, 8 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 6 steals since Magic Johnson in 1979. Okay. And they're 16 and 7, 20, 23 games. No, that's a that's a quarter, a quarter of a le- season. It's a legitimate sample size. Uh, but those they, no- at the very least Andy I think I need more dramatic music. The Lakers clearly don't suck anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean those numbers actually. I tweeted this out uh at Cam Brothers off Dar- uh Darius's work. And I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole because we've gone down it before and I'm sure we'll end up going down it again at least a couple more times before free agency this begins. This is the ESPN LA Rabbit Hole podcast. Right. But the those type of numbers are the reasons why, you know, and I've been talking about this during the season that I There is a part of me that increasingly wants to see what this core does without any major additions, just to see what it would look like, just to see how far, you know, how far they could progress with the idea of being they already have a star. They already maybe have two stars. Right. Multiple stars. They just with the idea that you may not get where you want to go. Sure, right. Sure, no question. But they just haven't emerged yet. Like obviously you may not get to that championship level. Flip side is you may not win a championship no matter who you bring in.
0: Championships are hard,
1: but the and it's something Laker fans I think tend to forget because we have become very accustomed to winning championships. You know, in this neck of the woods, right? But there is something really intriguing and fascinating, and for the Lakers, very uncharted. The idea of we're not going to pursue the stars. We're not going to. We're not going to look to swing for those type of fences. We're just gonna let it marinate, and we're ju- we're we'll just gonna go yeah, from guys. within. At, at the very least, I mean, the closest maybe they did to that was like Showtime to some degree, but they were but they were doing that with Kareem, and yeah. Showtime began with Magic, which is a bit of a cheat, just in the sense that he's one of the greatest athletes right. I mean, to ever walk the planet.
0: Cooper was a, a homegrown guy. Sure, you know, Cooper was homegrown. Less, James Worthy James was, homegrown, was homegrown. Byron grown.
1: Scott, you know, Rambus. Yeah, guys, they had you know. a lot of homegrown dudes,
0: and so. You know, look, at the very least what you're talking about is the emotional connection that fans would have with that team um is greater than the yes. mercenary team. But here's the, here's the needle I think that you can thread. And over time if they finish they have twenty one games left, let's say they finish five hundred over those you know well that's impossible. But let's say they're close to it. Um that puts them at what would be that would be thirty seven wins. Thirty seven wins, something like that. So a big improvement over last year. A lot of Massive reasons. For fans, a lot of reasons for fans to be encouraged. And so, I think you would find that more fans would probably, if you took a poll, would would want that kind of halfway plan, which is the LeBron doesn't come because if LeBron comes. That means he's coming with someone, and it probably means somebody else is going to get traded because that's how LeBron operates. He would want to move at least one of these young guys, you know. For a more made man. For a more made guy. Maybe that guy is Anthony Davis, in which case that might change some of the math here. But, you know, a Kevin Love type. All of a sudden, this this young core really looks very different and they slide into whatever. The middle ground here between just see what these guys can do, add a draft pick, this whatever, is Paul George comes, who is the kind of star that I think other guys can play around, um, isn't going to demand the same kind of roster reshaping, is from L.A., so it does. It has less of a mercenary feel. And he's never won anything right, before. But, and has, I mean, he's 28. He's tw- 27, 27, 28. Turning 28 next year. So he has four or five years to be here. Theoretically, like this could be the place where he finishes career. He could have a six or seven year run in LA with these other guys kind of, you know, growing into the bigger roles while his role diminishes, if that makes some sense. So it's less he is less of a mercenary than LeBron. He, he is less of
1: a mercenary. A- so and that's, one... that's almost the middle ground. There, it is, right? it I is wonder
0: if that would become the most favored plan I mean, for people where you get a little bit of both.
1: I mean, you can make a very real argument that if you could only get one or the other, it makes more sense to get Paul George just for the longevity factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you, you have to make it happen quicker with LeBron and quicker right. than these guys are. Even if you believe in them, and I actually really do believe in this young core, you know this stuff takes time, right? And Paul George, just George by
0: himself, means you probably resign Randall because the money is there. Yeah, you might you you know, better, sure, you and better resign Randall. Depending on what else is going, what they do with Dang, what other deals they might be able to make. You know, in in that scenario, maybe you do have it for a year with a team option or a player option or something like that, and then you roll in next year with a healthy Isaiah Thomas mixed in with this group and Paul George and the young guys. At the very least you're a playoff team.
1: Oh, there's no that's question. I mean, I, I honestly Assuming I think the same level of progression. Honestly, I think if you kept this core together and just added a couple quality role players, like guys who really provide skill sets that this team needs, I think they could maybe be an 8 seed anyway. It's possible. I actually really think they could be an 8 it seed is- if if what if what you're describing from the last month and change is real, then they've been one of the better teams in the NBA. Right, because you know, the trajectory that Ingram is on, for
0: example, that's real.
1: That yeah. is and real that,
0: and projects. If he's doing that this year,
1: add fifteen percent, twenty percent to all the output. You know, you if, look at the if, numbers he put up in February. Those are all star numbers. Whether he makes an all star team or not, right those are all star numbers.
0: Awfully close. You're in, the, Ju- you're in the conversation if your team is is over five hundred. Yes. You know those numbers don't get you in if you're on a bad team, but they do get you in if your team is better. Um, so we've been at this for a, a while. And it's been a while since we could legitimately say, like, no, it's not just you can see there's a maybe a light at the end of the – like, there's actual light yeah. at, at the end of the tunnel. Yes, there is. Um, and it's, it's a fun time to be a Laker fan. Um, one of the sad things about the road trip, though, has been the injury news on Josh Hart. He had surgery Wednesday, I believe. No timeline for when he'll be back, but... They're not going to rush him. They're not going to
1: rush him. Luke said as much, and he may miss the rest of the season. That sucks. It really um, does. I mean, he's been Josh Hart in his own right as fun and unexpected story as Kyle Kuzma. And and it's in interesting... has been better
0: than Kuzma over the last
1: 20 games. Well, sure. I I just mean like the fun no, factor. I'm
0: just saying, you can, not even just the fun
1: factor, the actual play. Yeah, I, well, that that leads to a question I was going to ask you right, right then. In three years, who do you think is the better player? Kuzma is going to be the better scorer. No, I'm sorry, Kuzma. You think Kuzma just because he's going to be that much? Well,
0: more... it depends on.
1: This gets back to our natural bias towards scores because Score. he's going to um, be a better scorer than Hart. Yes, but but Hart-wise, they're the same age. They're they're basically the same age. They're both very good rebounders. Like I think the, like that skill set is a wash. Hart is way ahead of Kuzma as a defender. defender. As a playmaker, I'd say Kuzma Hart's, might be a little better, well, but it's probably Kuzma a wash. Is a
0: better playmaker only because he creates more attention and gravity sure. as a score, and therefore moves the defense. Sure, I'm just Hart going does. I'm just going by what we've seen. Sure, but 20 games as a starter, Josh Hart averaged he shot 48%, 42% from 3. 11 and a half points, six rebounds, two assists, and a steal. And again, we're talking about a guy. It, it, I don't know who's going to be better. I'm a, most people would say Kuzma there. I think that's the instinct most people would have. I have spent the last, you know, two and a half months being like slow down on the Kuzma thing. Um, so I might be the wrong guy to ask, but I mean, the, it, you the know, the point is. There is
1: zero chance that Josh Hart isn't in the NBA in five years. I mean, just you know? that you're even having this type of discussion in earnest in a way that matters about two guys drafted 27 and 30. So great. Yeah. It's, it's, this
0: is the, this is the Lakers equivalent of the Seahawks getting Russell Wilson to play the most important position on the field. For like eight hundred thousand dollars a year for three or four years, yeah. because you can do so much other stuff. Because the Lakers have Hart, because they have Kuzma, um, you can you can trade Jordan Clarkson, who played pretty well this year, knowing that all right, Hart can do that. You know, you can get most of that back, um, and when a more well-rounded player at a twelfth of the cost.
1: Now Hart's injury, I don't know if one thing directly led to the other, because at some point Lonzo was going to end up starting again. But with heart out, Lonzo made his first start since uh returning right, from from the MCL Miami. In, in Miami. Like Thursday, Miami Thursday Miami. Thursday Miami. And like you said, he had the uh quadruple six or whatever the hell they call the it quad, a four by six it's A
0: four by six i was looking up it sounds some... like a taco bell like <laughs> a
1: really bad one
0: no it's like that's just all they do they just cram stuff into boxes
1: yeah i mean it's like uh the taco it's an enchilada it's a churro it's yeah a drink, it's it's, whatever. A, it's, ah. it's a guy fieri experiment gone bad <laughs> right. just in fast food it's a, it's a it's like something uh our boy carl wells on you get would
0: really make. high and you go up a four by six
1: yeah <laughs> jesus but um I was looking up some numbers on Lonzo uh with regards to that uh four by six and just the way he really does fill out a stat line and really can do a lot of different things. Among rookies this season, Lonzo is top five or better in assists per game. He's currently second. Rebounds per game, third. Behind, Steel. behind
0: assists, he's only behind Simmons.
1: Yes. Right? Uh rebounds, he's behind I want to say Simmons and Markinen um steals second behind I don't remember Simmons probably. Simmons probably. Simmons Uh by the
0: way Ben Simmons excellent.
1: Right. Uh blocks <laughs> he's fifth um and double doubles fourth and even scoring he's just outside the top 10 but as far as top 5 in all of those categories among rookies the only other rookie's Ben Simmons that can claim that too it's Lonzo and Ben Simmons. We look there's nobody uh, Assuming my quick, uh, run through the ESPN, uh, stats was done correctly. It's close and I it's close enough. No, I double checked. I think being, I'm right. Right. It's the, the only rookies top five or better in that many different categories, Ben Simmons and Lonzo. And look, the shooting has come around too. Yes, he's not has. taking
0: a lot of shots. I mean, Luke Walton said, uh, Thursday he thought he was the best player in the floor. He's plus 24 despite, I mean, I don't think he took more than like six shots in the game. He didn't, didn't shoot much at all, but he was, all over the place. He was very active. His defense has been great, and you know he the shooting is is becoming a threat again. Like he got back into the lineup. He was three of six Friday night in his first game back against that was the Mavs game. Skip Sacramento. We didn't skip it. They they sat him out. Um, well, and Fox, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean they gonna play they, they sat him because yeah. it was a back to back. But skur. But I mean Lonzo did request it, right? <laughs> I mean, Ow, my knee. cause they actually said to him, look, Lonzo, you can, you can sit against Dallas, then play against Sacramento or play against Dallas, sit against Sacramento. It's your choice. We just can't do second in the back to back. Lonzo just said, I, I think we both know where this is going, guys. <laughs> um, so you have
0: that. And then he, he was, so he missed that game. He was, hit all three of his threes against Atlanta. Um, and then was two of three Thursday in Miami. So whatever that is, it's good. And so the shot, which was up around 40% in that stretch between the shoulder and the knee, has maintained itself. And the body language, to me, Andy, is what really sticks out. He is clearly, at this point, excited to shoot, whereas before, he wasn't, didn't want to. And you could tell. I mean, the home road splits are still weird, but I expect that'll start to flatten out, too. He just, as long as he can shoot, Doesn't have to be a big score, it just has to be someone the the offense, the the defense has to cover on the three point line. Yes. And then everything opens up for him for moving the ball around. Eventually he'll start to finish at the rim and all this other stuff. And he has been really good. Yes. The injuries aren't good. The start shooting wasn't good. And we're all sick of LeVar. But it's you know, I'm trying hard not to roll my eyes at Lonzo just because I think Lavar sucks. And it's it's hard, like you know, you read the news story that was on Bleacher Report about Levar in yes. Lithuania and all that. Yeah, that. That,
1: that's a hell of a piece about right. about what's go- really it's about what's going on with Lamelo right in Lithuania and Levar's effect and presence over right. all of and it, it's sort which of how
0: it's shaping. It's
1: shaping not healthy. Changing. It's not. It's not. It's not healthy for Lamelo as far as developing as a basketball player. But it's also, and this is even more important, I don't think it's healthy for Le- for Lamelo as a person, mm-hmm. like as a ch- as a child developing into a man i don't think this is healthy and
0: just the whole like the whole lonzo sort of thing like the 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 autographs and the monetizing of everything like i don't i i, I don't like it and so but the actual player he seems like a perfectly nice kid um, he takes basketball very seriously. He's, he's a good teammate by all. There's nothing wrong with Lonzo and the play on the floor,
1: assuming he can stay healthy,
0: has been really good. Yeah, it, it has. I mean, he's, so, he is a, know.
1: he's a good player and he's a, re- I mean, you just see, he's a really good fit for what the Lakers want to do. Yes. I mean, he really you, works well for because what you they can want. Put
0: stars around him and he, he has, he influences, he influences games. Without having to hold the ball, yeah, which is exactly what you want when you got Randall, you've got Ingram, you've got Star A coming, you've got all these other guys coming. Kuzma, sure. Kuzma needs the ball. Um, so so that is, it's really good to see. And then when you start to do all the rookie comparisons, look, Dennis Mitchell's or Donovan Mitchell's been great. Dennis Mitchell, the sprinter, I don't know what a kind of year <laughs> he's had. Um, you know, Mitchell's been great, and Simmons has been great. Got had a year; he's a year older. Um, so and all that, but. You know, Tatum has slowed down a little bit. marketing has been better than
1: expected, but a little up and down.
0: Lonzo, like you read those numbers, he's there. Aren't a lot of guys who are better?
1: No, and and in particular too, there just aren't a lot of guys who seem like. And you know, it's early for all these guys, and you never know how any of them are going to develop. But just based off what we've seen as rookies. There aren't that many guys in that class who can do as many things as Lonzo. Right. Like, who are going to be able to affect the game in as many ways as Lonzo potentially can. Yeah, but we play that promo all the time of Stephen A. ripping the Lakers because they could have taken De'Aaron Fox. Lonzo's been way better than De'Aaron Fox. It's not even close. Um, so- I mean, it's Lonzo's season has been in some ways disappointing in the sense that he missed like a quarter of it. You know, assuming he doesn't even miss any more games, he'll miss about a quarter of it. And... You know the the shooting slump in the beginning was real. So in that sense, there's been part of it disappointing. But but that's all we've talked about. That's a lot of that's just context, right?
0: Does it matter, Andy, if he is? You know, we all kind of assume Ben Simmons is going to be the rookie of the year. Um, But does it matter if? You know, it turns out, wow, because these two or three other players were much better than we expected, faster than we expected. Mitchell being the best example of that. That Lonzo turns out to be the, let's say he finishes the year as the fourth best rookie statistically. As long as Lonzo's stats and numbers and output and all that were really, I mean, I understand it matters in terms of story. It matters. It doesn't doesn't really matter from a practical standpoint, from a basketball perspective.
1: I mean, I guess it matters just in the sense of how good do you think he's going to be? I mean, like ultimately, that's what really matters. I mean, to
0: some, but that doesn't have anything to do with how good Donovan. I, I is. will
1: say this: it matter. It matters less now than I thought it did in the beginning of the season, and I thought it did matter a lot in part because of the way the narrative was getting pushed so hard, not just by Lavar but by the organization no itself. Sure. Since then, the organization has dialed it back, and then in the meantime, the team has been better. This year, particularly since the new year began, than I think anybody reasonably would have expected. So there's optimism about the team as a whole that you couldn't necessarily have counted right. on back when I thought this was a really big deal.
0: Uh, the other thing that's going on, Andy, we met, we mentioned the numbers before. Randall, Julius Randall last night had, I think for the first time in his career, 20 points at halftime. I think he had 21 at, yep. at the half, finished with 25. It, it didn't need him to do anything in the second half. No, and Isaiah Thomas took over. Right, the Lakers were really productive, and they, you know, they won that game going away. We're we're Randall people, no question. But at what point do you just have to say, okay, who can? who Let's assume that in 2018, Paul George is a yay, but you know LeBron maybe not. You can't get him. You're looking at 2019. Clay, according to Michael, is not going anywhere. You know Chris Paul is not going anywhere. Like uh, there are a couple guys. Junior- well, Chris Paul particularly isn't going anywhere. If you have Lonzo, right. But, you know, Lonzo actually could play with Chris but, Paul. But, but it doesn't, make, not, it doesn't sense. make sense. It doesn't make but he sense. It doesn't make
1: sense. He could, but it doesn't make sense to bring
0: in Chris Paul at that age when like, you have Lonzo. Right. There's no question. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, I'm not sure I want to go into that. Like, you know, coming off another great week,
1: player, great
0: player, but he's coming off a knee injury. And which he'd supposedly love being he's, in LA. he's supposedly not repairing in the way, like, I read something about how the, the, He's doing sort of the, the get you back on the floor faster meniscus repair that isn't as thorough and might cause complications down the road because he wants to play and get in the playoffs and do all that stuff, which is admirable, which is why you want Jimmy Butler. But he's played for Tibbs way too much to sign a guy getting into his thirties.
1: By the time, by the time he theoretically would be a Laker, he's 30. That's, by by the time he ends up a Laker, he's 30 years old. That gives me the heebie jeebies and Kawhi Leonard. Putting aside uh, the fact, putting aside the fact, healthy, right? I'll take Kawhi. No, but this is the problem with Kawhi Leonard. I cannot imagine he'd want to be a Laker. I could be wrong about this. Kawhi Leonard seems like somebody who would be miserable he as a Laker. Strike me as a. He seems LA guy. like he would be absolutely miserable. So once you
0: go past those guys, the 2018 class, Randall at this point might be the fifth best. You know, restricted or, you know, uh, available free agent. He's legitimately kind of available. I don't know who else you get in any, you know, this year, next year, when you combine age, what appears to be his output despite his limitations. I get it. But also to the idea that, well, he couldn't he still improve?
1: Well, I that, mean- that it's, you, it's, it's interesting that you say that because Paul George is the guy that gets talked about maybe more than anybody as potentially joining the Lakers this summer. And, you know, that cap space is earmarked for Paul George, among other people, but him very much particularly. If you look at Paul George's, if you look at Paul George as a player right now, he's better than Julius Randle. No question. But if you look at Paul George as a third-year player versus Julius Randle, who is essentially a third-year player. His his first year, he didn't play. Paul George, as a third-year player, averaged 17 points a game. A little under 8 rebounds, 4 assists, uh shot 36% from 3, 42% uh overall. Played about 38 minutes a game, so Way much more than Randall. Is his production are, are his numbers really that much better than Julius Randall? Well, no, uh, y- uh... I don't know. But like the the point, I mean even the if you want, even being, if you want to say that Paul George was a better third-year player right. than Julius Randle he's a better defender is he, or is whatever Is he
0: that much better? He is the the point is the trajectory is similar. So you look that's at it my you, point. Right, you look at it and you, right, I agree with you. And you you look at it and you say, well, okay, he unless you think he's just going to stop trying to get better. And to me that's short-sighted because you say you give Randle 4 years or 3 years and an option, whatever it might be. At the end of that contract, he's going to be 27. He's going to want to get paid again. You know, he, this isn't the last payday that Julius Randle's ever had. He's to get. also too. He ju- wants to get better. He wants to make all-star teams. They wants, these guys want that kind of value. And
1: Randle too. I mean, ever since he joined the team, he's been a worker. I mean, ever since they drafted him. And yes, he goes through periods where people on the team thinks he can be a little bit low energy, that sort of stuff. He can be pouty. Moody. He can be a little be, pouty. But generally speaking, I think, at least uh, from most of what I've heard, Randall's a worker. Two years ago, what do we do coming into the off season?
0: We we saw all the videos of of Randall like getting into shape. We're like, damn, Julius right. is really. And then the difference between like that Randall was like fat Randall compared to the guy who showed up at camp this year. And plus,
1: to usually, I mean, not always, not always. Write a movie called Fat Randall. <laughs> fat Randall. That, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a TV show. It's a movie. It's something. Usually. When these guys start really tasting what they're capable of as players, when they really start playing at, you know, Julius is not playing at an elite level, but he's playing at a high level. Usually when these guys start playing at a high level and tasting it, they want more. Correct. Particularly, too, when you're talking about lottery picks and guys like Julius Randle, who was a one-and-done at Kentucky, you know, considered, like, all-star caliber since he was, like, you know, probably ninth grade. Right. These guys usually want more. And I mean, you know, Julius isn't a guy that's out clubbing all the time. He's, he's married with a kid. I mean, it's my understanding. He pretty much goes home. He's home a lot. Like, he's not, he, obviously he could be a risk to get Everybody's, fat and happy once he's paid. Everybody is. Right. But if you're asking me if I'd have to bet on it, I'd bet no. Yep.
0: Yeah. So I, I just, once again, advocating, uh, let's bring back Julius Randle unless the Lakers are bringing in the house this year where it's, you know, Sorry, Anthony Davis is on his way with LeBron and Paul George, which again we you like it, don't like it. That's that's a reason to get rid of Julius Randle. I can sure. live with that. Um We had a couple other non you know non Laker stories to get into the NBA, Uh and it is all actually Andy been totally wiped off the page by the breaking gigantic breaking news of the day, which is the J.R. Smith soup throwing story. <laughs> Um, and I, I tell you what, I, if you had ever asked, if you would asked me today, uh, coming into the, the, or yesterday evening, Brian, do you think J.R. Smith has ever had a bowl of soup? I would have said no. J.R. Really? Smith is not a, doesn't strike me as a
1: soup guy. But he's had one. No. Come on. I mean, the only person that no. we, the only person in the NBA that we know for a fact doesn't eat soup is Jeremy Lin. Like, Jeremy Lin is staunchly anti-soup. I mean, this is something we talked about on previous podcasts that, quite frankly, we think is outrageous.
0: Uh, Well, as I'm very pro-soup. As am I. That may be. We both make our own soups. Ethnically. Separately. As we learned from Keyshawn today, this morning on Keyshawn, George, and LZ.
1: White people are predisposed to soup love. Well, and particularly too. I mean, if we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna peel back this onion a little bit more, Jewish white people. Yes, well, Jewish white people. Our people, Brian, we love soup. That's all we had. We are we a. Andy, su- it's all we had. I'm we just had saying.
0: And we had soup.
1: Okay. We are a soup people. It's a peasant food. I mean, I I I will say this. We come from humble beginnings. I have never, and I, you know, in my time, I've met a fair amount of Jews. <laughs> I have never met a Jewish person in my it's life. Another book I want to write. Jews I've met. <laughs> <laughs> By Brian Kevin. Some of them aren't famous at all, just or in- <laughs> or interesting. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's just a the list. Collection of Jews I've <laughs> it's met. It's just a list. I have never in my life. I mean, really, never in my life met a Jewish person that doesn't like soup. No. Well, you can't tell anyone. They probably are, but they're closeted. You think so? Oh yeah closeted anti-soup people i guess i mean that like you want to talk about getting shunned in our community
0: i once but well i mean think of the look when i when benny used to our grandfather used to take us to like the deli when i was little i didn't know any better i used to order corn beef on wheat with mayo mm-hmm. and just the look of
1: scorn no he, he pulled like the jazz singer when he ripped <laughs> the thing off, the, off the, i the, have no yeah he rips not. like the lapel or whatever right, I mean, it is. That,
0: in, in hindsight although i, I mean it it's good. good. And there's nothing wrong with
1: it. Um, but it's really that, the mayo that was a bridge too far. Corn beef on wheat, wheat, you can get away with. Uh, yeah, you I mean, can get away with. it. Because I was it.
0: little and I didn't like sure. rye bread. Now I like rye bread. I'd but really I'm just have saying, you rye. can get away with it. It's right. really it's the mayo. Yeah, I mean, it's very goyim. On a, I was going to say, very on a, few, le-
1: on a few levels, it's insulting. Very
0: goy. Um, uh, but had I said, oh, sorry, Benny, I don't like soup, that would have been the end. of oh, it. Oh no, bleep out <laughs> of here. Like everybody, yeah, no. So, uh, but anyway. I just, Derek, uh, J.R. Smith just doesn't strike me as a guy who eats soup. It's not. And,
1: I'm not going mean, to lie, like, Brian, J- that feels presumptuous to me, but let's not. I don't want to get buried right. in it. But
0: anyway, so not only does even he Even if I kind of do.
1: <laughs> Andy, this is by definition. <laughs>
0: definitionally, this is a rabbit hole. Uh, but even, you know, not only do I learn that J.R. Smith is a soup eater he's well, apparently a soup thrower. yeah i mean look he may we he don't suspended know suspended from wednesday's game we don't actually even know for a, sh- throwing soup at sure. assistant coach damon jones
1: but we don't know for sure brian i mean as long as you're being presumptive in all of this in in your character assessment and i guess uh culinary assessment of J.R. smith it has not been clarified in this story that was broken by uh, our friend dave McMenamin and brian winhorst That it was actually J.R. Smith's own soup that he threw. That is a good point. I mean, he could have grabbed somebody else's soup. I mean, if you're mad enough, if you're mad enough to throw throw your own soup, soup. (laughs) you're mad enough to throw somebody else's soup. At that point, at that point, man, you're just seeing red. Um,
0: that is true. We don't know whose soup it was. And quite, I mean, these are, I mean, look, if if we're going to take
1: this all the way there, then we're just going to decide it was either Kevin Love's soup or (laughs) Seti Osman's soup. Kevin or Kyle Corver soup. Kevin Love has had soup. Before. But I'm just saying, we're gonna take Kevin... the three white dudes on the team. Right. It's their and, soup. Not,
0: and look, and, and as Keyshawn told us, it's not that black people don't eat soup. It's just they have a, they, they stick to it. This is according to Keyshawn. Air. This is all,
1: I, 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 for 42 although, years. Although, although Keyshawn is a major investor in Panera. Right. So <laughs> they, they have, the have a lot of soup there.
0: I'm just saying, for, I've been, for 42 years, I assumed that that soup was a a unifier again a it, it, to everybody but jeremy lynn i I assumed that there that was not one of the things that culturally distinguished white people and black people. I've just been wrong. It's not that black people, according to Keyshawn, again, don't eat soup. It's just that we as white people enjoy a wider a, I mean it's look a lot of things one way or another what did white, he say? it's white privilege. What did he say? We don't do that. <laughs> yeah. We don't mess with that. Uh, all those different kinds of soup. So he throws the soup, and the internet, much more, I mean, the idea of oh, J.R. Smith does something disrespectful to an assistant coach
1: gets us. I mean, look, J. In the, in the annals of J.R. Smith's career as a public figure, this isn't even like a top ten event. Oh, not even close. But the, the- it's very J.R. Smith, but oh, it's, oh. but it's not even top ten. But
0: Windhorst really botched this because. And McManaman no, I think the, I think this story, it was the soup story I thought was windy.
1: Okay, I mean, double check. I windy. thought it was, okay. Um, I don't want to disparage our, our boy, McMenamin.
0: It's it's such a massive failure of reporting, because I asked... No, Vince it's did, both, Brian, it's you're both, wrong. Okay, double byline, they both screwed up. Sorry, this. man, they McMenamin's our friend, but... They both screwed this. Yeah. up. Yeah. It's such a massive failure of reporting, and the entire internet,
1: at once... Well, responded with the same question that I did, which is, what kind of soup was it? I'll take it a step further, man. Like, forget just Winhorst and McMenamin. I don't know how ESPN runs this story. Without knowing. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> Look, you, we may have gotten this Andy Miller just, thing
0: wrong. Or the but Sean Miller
1: yeah, thing. Right. But this is important. <laughs> this
0: is much more important.
1: I mean, you, you and I have been on the dot com side for ESPN for many years. And we, you know, we've, we never did as hard of reporting as McManaman or Winors, but we've had to report but there's some things. There's no way we would have come back with this story without knowing what kind of story. Absolutely. But I'm saying a, ESPN, it's irresponsible it it to even is. run it.
0: It, cause it's a different story, Andy. If it's a broth, like a broth based soup. Or like a chicken noodle, even where like, you know, where you can still kinda wipe that's a different deal than like chowder or yes. a, like a tomato, Cream of mushroom. T- cream of mushroom is incredibly insulting. Because that has a smell to it. I yeah. mean it's a rich sort of but it's it's that sort of a French onion disease. soup,
1: all the different textures that go into that. The cheese could still be stuck to Damon Jones. Like how do tortilla you, is really lumpy with all that you different you stuff not- in it. Th- report
0: the kind of soup that it was. Was it in a bread bowl? That matters. But it's also, it's so much better, like, soup is so much better than, like, turkey sandwich.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, because a turkey sandwich is easily gripped. You just pick that thing up, you can ball it in your fist, and you throw it. It basically turns into, like, a baseball. A a bowl of soup Soup. is awkward. Soup. Like, that is (laughs) awkward to pick up. It's awkward to either, I mean, I don't know if you fling it or you throw it overhand. I don't know. I mean, but it, 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 remind,
0: it also too reminds me of that, uh, Simpsons where, uh, George Bush goes to the driver and asks the crusted burger if they have any <laughs> stew. I mean, it just feels sort of like, like, Old fashioned and like,
1: like, I mean, the closest, very thing I've ever, the closest thing I've ever seen to, I mean, you brought up The Simpsons, like a bowl of soup being thrown is that soccer episode where Bart, uh, orders from the vendor a paella and <laughs> he whips up that bowl of paella and it just manages to, uh, to remain straight up without, uh, making a mess.
0: Yeah. Um, the other good thing that came out of this though is it started a, um, a hashtag on Twitter, uh, NBA Soups. <laughs> Hashtag NBA Soups. I do want to go through a couple that I've seen here that are funny. Tiago Splitter Pea Soup. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, Chris Mullen Gatani. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there have been a couple Mulligatani jokes in there. Dikembe Mugumbo. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. I like that one. Jawantan uh, Howard Soup. Yes. Uh, Clam Crowder. There's been a lot of variety yes. of Crowders <laughs> <the busu. laughs> Um, uh, Minestrone Timberwolves, Hakeem of Mushroom. I've also seen Kareem of Mushroom. <laughs> I like that. that. Either one is, uh, would certainly be acceptable. Uh, John Stock, <laughs> as opposed to Stockton. I kind of like that. Um, matzo Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that one's kind of good. Boulia Baysmore. That's good. I like that one. Uh, so that that's good. Alan
1: Crabb, Bisque. and then, of course, yours and then, uh,
0: also like Bisque Mac
1: Biombo, and yours, the one that you had, oh, Kobe Bean and Barley. <laughs> yes,, uh, that's something our audience in particular will enjoy. Yes, uh, I may have said this at the beginning of this discussion, but it's worth mentioning again. j. r. Smith is thirty two years old.
0: He <laughs> really shouldn't be throwing soup. he's thirty
1: two years <laughs> really old and I believe be. has been in the league thirteen years. Egg job like <laughs> <laughs> j. r. Smith, by the way, is one of the veterans now on the Cavaliers. There are very few players on this team older with more NBA experience who actually have a championship than J.R. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Bird's nest. <laughs> Every now and then with Jr., I feel like the pivot isn't coming. No. <laughs> pivot not coming.
0: Um, all right, so that's that story. Um, Derek Rose, This is, I, I wanna, do want to touch on this really quickly. Derek Rose, not so much because I'm interested in Derek Rose is supposedly only getting 10-day contract offers. He's here's a guy who was an MVP of the league, and he he's not that old. Um and is basically barely hanging on, in part because he's just not that good anymore, but also the league has just radically changed uh around him. But it, to me it kind of relates to the IT story. And IT made some more news tonight based on or today based on what he said Thursday in Miami. You know he's Getting some, he's finally he's getting an opportunity, and he's going to do what he does when he gets an opportunity, which is score. Veiled shot. To me, it felt like more shots again at Cleveland, um, maybe some at LeBron, but also that kind of pumping himself up. And it's worth noting. This story is crazy. A year ago at this time, pre before the playoffs, he was a lock to be, if not a max max guy, pretty darn
1: I, I don't know about that i actually don't At the
0: very least that was he he thought that in the conversation he, no was,
1: he absolutely thought that you a, hear other people around the league say not necessarily when there was already concerns about the cap going down and how many teams actually needed a point guard but probably just could have stayed in boston sure well maybe maybe not well they obviously they moved i him. was gonna say i'm guessing he wasn't for, going but they to.
0: moved him for kyrie irving sure but, but a, I think they were gonna y- a younger, better version of Isaiah
1: Thomas. That may be, but I think based on a lot of what you hear, he was not going to if he was gonna be looking for that type of money, he wasn't gonna get it in the Okay, Boston. but
0: he maybe, but he he certainly seemed like he was in line for, nope, a, a, nobody, four and, for a
1: four and eighty, that, that type of deal. Nobody, though, was more Nobody was more certain about the Brinks truck, a uh, Brinks truck than Isaiah Thomas. I'd take either one. <laughs> um
0: No, there's no question. But you know he was fifth in the MVP. I don't think the league has changed so much that a guy who was fifth in the league in MVP voting wasn't gonna get paid. maybe he doesn't get the full max but sure. he's gonna get paid and he is now like nobody knows what's gonna to happen to him. Nobody knows where he's gonna go and uh, you know he's gonna he's already rich and he's gonna stay rich and all that but in terms of just professional pride and where these guys fit in. I am so awed by the notion of somebody like Isaiah Thomas getting to that level to where you can talk about him as a max player at 5 foot freaking 9 that you know that that fall to me is sad in some ways it, it's I would have very loved sad to see it you know and he's a guy who comes by his chip honestly and you know, is going to be probably Lou Williams'ish, and based on what he thinks he is right now, he might be sitting around at the end of the summer, KCP style, with nowhere to go.
1: I mean, look, could It could benefit the it,
0: Lakers it, if it does. I was going
1: to say, and frankly, I mean, if it if it truly turns into a KCP story for Isaiah, there are worse fates than a one-year, eighteen million dollars deal. Right, but it may not even be that high. Sure, but, okay, but I mean, the-
0: I I mean that more as the guy who is turns down a big deal and is sort of homeless at the end of the summer Like yeah. kcb
1: got lucky the lakers were sort of yeah he, he got lucky but i mean but i see but i could see isaiah getting one year 12 you know one year 10 something like that i mean i could picture him getting a one plus one oh sure potentially no with the lakers
0: i just it, it, it's an interesting story it's interesting and it is i don't blame him i had an interest i had a great conversation with nate robinson about him and like it's not even just the money it, it i think we touched on this in the last show. Like this is how a lot of ways, like how you get paid, how much you get paid is how it is a reflection of how the league views you, yeah. your worth and your value as a player. Um so you know kind of hope he gets paid by someone, even though I think it's a bad
1: idea. Well, either way though, he would watch the be he has been gradually looking better with the Lakers. He had by far his best game last night against Miami, and he's He has been starting to look the last couple games, not quite like Isaiah Thomas last year in Boston MVP candidate, but much further removed from guy in Cleveland who you didn't even want to put on the court. He's just got to be able to score. If he, if he can't score,
0: then you can't tolerate the defense. If he, if he he has to outscore his defense. But the last few games he's been scoring. Getting there. Um, all right. So last thing, uh, we, Bid farewell, uh, hail fellow well met, as the, the Mason Ireland show might say, uh, to Corey Brewer. Yes. Who, um, asked, basically wanted to buy out to go play for a playoff team. The Lakers were happy to grant it to him. Corey Brewer is going to end up in Oklahoma City. Um, but he is gone and that means he is now eligible for the statue. statue. He can now have a statue. Uh, every Laker gets a statue. It's part of the statue game. It's part of the statue game. It's just a question of where the statue goes. And
1: how big it is. And how big it is. Um So Corey Brewer... And the size and the proximity to Staples Center often, although not exclusively, reflects the, your greatness or lack thereof correct. as a Laker. Or your just overall worth to so the have organization. So statues to give away for Corey Brewer.
0: And who want do you want me to go first or you want to go first?
1: Well, I mean we should we should break down a little bit of what Corey Brewer meant to oh, this team. True. Okay, that's true. Um he came over last year in a mid season deal uh for Lou Williams, but he came over with a draft pick. Right. He brought that, he actually brought it with him. Right, right. in his carry-on. Yes. <laughs> and and that draft pick eventually became what turned into Josh Hart and Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant uh is right. part of the deal with Utah. So in essence, Corey Brewer brought over Josh Hart and maybe, I mean, Thomas. The results of
0: the first trade that, uh, Magic ever made. Yes. As the, and Rob, as the guy running. Oh, the wasn't, wasn't even there. Yet.
1: You're correct. That was all Magic. So, uh, that was Corey, Magic in Corey, the old regime. Corey Brewer, Brewer brought over Josh Hart, who we know can play and Thomas Bryant, who they are very high on with what he's done in the G League.
0: Yes. Uh, he's been great.
1: So in and of itself, that's a, that's a net positive for Corey Brewer. He was by all accounts and certainly our eyeballs terrific in the locker room. He's a great oh, guy. great guy. He's a great guy, great teammate, great that, – that energy you'd see him play with on the floor is exactly the type of positive energy that he had in the locker
0: room. I, I suspect, and I still believe this, that Corey Brewer was targeted specifically so that Brandon Ingram would not feel self-conscious about being so skinny.
1: Corey Brewer has the skinniest calves. I've, I've ever said – I don't I've know I've how ever, it supports – any human being. Yeah, I mean, no, that plays we're not NBA. we're not talking among NBA players. We're talking human,
0: human beings. They are so skinny. It, it's amazing. And, and He can jump out of the gym. It's amazing. Um, so he had that, and
1: he loved. By the way, speaking of jumping out of the gym, Corey Brewer loved hanging on the rim. Yeah. There is nobody in the Still league. Still probably does. Lo- we shouldn't
0: talk about him like he's dead. Right.
1: Nobody <laughs> in the league who loves to hang on the rim and swing after a dunk than Corey Brown. I would, too, if I could do it.
0: Sure. Um, but he also, you know, so he was great in that regard. He was very skinny. He told me this year uh, that last year he got fat. <laughs> and so he was back down to something like 2% body fat, which seems... Both impossible and possibly unhealthy. Yes. But he told me last year he, that last year he got kind of fat uh, with between the trade and the moving around and whatever. I, I didn't really buy that, but that's what he said. And so there's that. And then um, my favorite Corey Brewer fact, and this is related to my statue, is and that. And mine. Oh, yours too? I'm going to go out on a limb and guess. Corey Brewer, uh, in eighth grade, got himself a pet goat named yep. Billy. We're on the same page and with this. he died, the, the the goat, not Corey Brewer, died a couple years ago. But for a long time, Brewer was the NBA's resident
1: goat owner. Right, like Mike Miller had a monkey for right. many years. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Mike Miller had a pet monkey. It's true. <laughs> you can look <laughs> this <Mike> up. Like Marcel. <laughs> he, he had a pet. You didn't know this? No. Oh, Mike! This is a big deal. Mike Miller for years had a pet monkey, and I—I I think I'm trying to. I know the the monkey caused a lot of mischief around the house, well,
0: I, as, I, as monkeys do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: if we if we learn nothing from movies, as is their want? Um, I'm trying to uh, trying to find out the ultimate fate of uh, Miller's monkey. I can't Mon- remember if monkey
0: gun a monkey. <laughs> I can't,
1: I can't remember if Mike Miller's uh, monkey died or they had to get rid of Quite it. Quite frankly, if you don't want mischief around your house, you shouldn't be bringing in a monkey um but yeah he he had a pet monkey um he had i guess like oh this was great he uh I'm reading an, a, I'm reading Mike a, Miller? no, I'm reading a story Mike Miller told about his pet monkey. He, we would always put him in his room and then we'd lock the door and then we'd put the dogs out and we'd lock the front door. Well, he found out how to unlock doors, unlocked his door, went up, went downstairs, let the dogs in the house and opened up the front door. About an hour later, we got a call from the neighbor saying, your monkey is riding your dogs around the neighborhood. Come on, y'all, you gotta get in the house. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Come on, y'all. That's a nice neighborhood, though. Like, that that's people, like, some tolerance there.
1: Yeah, um, and again, I, I can't f- remember off the top of my head, uh, the ultimate fate of Mike Miller's monkey, but he absolutely had a pet monkey. I'm surprised you didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there's a great hole in my, I'm, NBA no, I'm just, knowledge. I'm surprised right. you didn't know this. I knew about
0: Corey Brewer's goat. Um, but he's all, he's from Portland, Tennessee. And I, I think one of the, another thing we can agree on with Corey Brewer is he is country. Oh, yeah. Corey Brewer. And I don't think Corey Brewer disagreed. Corey no, Brewer I think is, he proudly yeah, agreed. Corey Brewer is straight country. And so I am taking Corey Brewer and I'm, I'm putting him in one of the, 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 um, the favorite places of my kids, which is Underwood Family Farms out in, in Moore Park. They have goats. And so I'm going to take Corey Brewer and it's just going to be a statue of a smiling, uh, Corey Brewer kind of getting ready to, uh, jump or leap into a passing lane is sort of what the Corey Brewer does is Corey Brewer about ready to do something kinetic in with the baby goats and. They climb on him and they can do, he's all part of that and the kids can come visit him and he's smiling and he's on a farm and it just feels like the kind of place, life size. Um, and it's the kind of place where I think Corey Brewer would be happy and therefore Corey Brewer's statue would also be happy. Okay. Paying homage to his goat.
1: Yeah, I'm actually paying, uh, homage to Corey Brewer's goat as well. Um, RIP. And he would. I also I'm going like name the goat Billy. Yeah, I'm going to put uh, Corey Brewer's statue at the Drake Family Farms in <laughs> in Ontario. All right. And in particular, so I ch- you're going east. I'm going west. Right. And in particular, too, I I chose the Drake Family Farms because unlike some other uh, types of farms around L.A., you know, some of them open up for visitors and tourists and whatnot around the L.A. area. This one seems really centered around the goats. Like, there aren't many other attractions beyond the goats and the cheese that they make. And, like, it doesn't appear to be any other animals. But also, too, if you go to their, their website and, uh, they've, they've had award-winning goats, uh, their goats have been very, <laughs> very, goats. yeah, they've been very successful goats, but they also have info on how to purchase a goat. So if you actually want to follow in the footsteps of Corey Brewer that's, that's a good in wrinkle. owning your own goat. P-Y-O-G. Yeah. The Drake Family Farms, uh, they require a $100 deposit to hold the kid of your choice. Kid, by the way, being a baby goat, baby goat not a child. And uh, they have a process for owning your own goats. That's nice. So uh, this, to me, seemed uh apropos for Corey Brewer. And I would have his statue relatively... Life size of him again swinging on the rim because I Brewer loved to do that. and It was just it, I would get happy whenever he'd swing on the rim because he just seemed happy.
0: Um, he right, was well, a happy guy. So uh, th- good luck to Corey Brewer in Oklahoma City. You he are, should get some time there. Now you're he will he'll play a little bit. A former Laker and uh, therefore you get
1: your own statue as Genie always says. Laker for life.
0: Good good point here. May before we go, the internet is going to turn into a really uncomfortable debate if it turns out J.R. Smith threw chili. Because now you have to decide, is chili a soup? Oh, Jesus. Right. It's so, get so it's gonna, tedious. I really hope he didn't throw chili.
1: That's going to get so tedious. Um, All right. So we'll be back next week. Or a gumbo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, don't even get me down. I started on stew. Um, so we'll, we'll be back next week. we got a couple <laughs> He does not meat.
1: strike me as a stew. stew guy, no.
0: <laughs> I told you. I didn't even think he'd ever eaten soup. I know, but stew... Stew is a bridge
1: too far. <laughs> stew feels a bridge too far. I, I, that feels like just a weird I just weird... feel like if you offer J.R. Smith stew, he's gonna be like, nah. That just also feels like a weird thing to have at the facility. <laughs>
0: like... Well, I think I think soup is an odd thing on the post game, like post practice training table. Like it's cold like, in I mean, Cleveland.
1: Reach for some soup. If, if they're in Cleveland, it's cold, man. No, you're saying that. But
0: anyway. So uh we're, we're waiting for Winhorst and
1: McManaman to get off their asses and report the really Unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. man. Such a
0: glaring omission.
1: I mean, I really – I've had a lot of respect for both of them over I the did. years. But I did. Jeez, man.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. It's a major failing on their part. So uh we'll be back hopefully next week with more news
1: about that. And uh, we're trying to line up some interviews and some good conversations. We'll see what happens. See everybody next time.